Human design is an amalgamation of several facets of spirituality. The I Ching, astrology, chakras, Kabbalah, all combine beautifully into one system. Mary Rose and Mary Letitia have been exploring their own designs for the last year. This podcast is an extension of that exploration. Come learn, laugh, and grow with us as we become Guided by Design. Good morning. Good morning, Mary. How are you? I am doing well this morning. It's kind of nice to have a morning where at the moment we're, we're pretty footloose and fancy free. There's no uh, immediate impending obligations after, after we're done here today, at least not for me. I know you have something that you'll be going to do, but uh, mine is just like making some breakfast if anyone's awake, which is iffy. My son might wake up, but my husband and daughter didn't go to bed until like one o'clock in the morning last night. So I don't anticipate I'm going to see them. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. Breakfast sounds good. Um, what were they doing until one o'clock in the morning? Well, they went to the new Spider-Man movie last night at the, at the Babcock mm-hmm. at seven. I didn't go. I just was like really honest. I, My son wanted to go. My daughter wanted to go. My husband wanted to go. And I'm like, I could not give any fucks about. I saw like the first one or two of the Tobey Maguire ones, none of the Andrew Garfield ones, and none of the Tom Hollis or Tom Holland slash Zendaya ones. Although Mm -hmm. Zendaya, let's just be honest, she's a goddess. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't care. So I was like, I'm just is it okay if I just not go? I, I actually got on Zoom with my friend Rachel last night and we visited and we did a quick workout. Um, but they got home about 10. And then I went downstairs to eat something. We None of us had had dinner, but they filled up on popcorn. So I had like a bowl of cereal, banana, and like five or six handfuls of chocolate chips. And I came upstairs and they were watching The Mummy like the Brendan Fraser mummy. And I was like, I wanted to watch interview with a vampire, but nobody cared. So I was just like, well, peace out. It's 11 o'clock anyways, I'm going to bed. And then I woke up. I only know what time they left that they finished the movie because I woke up because it was so damn loud. And I kept waking up with a dry ass mouth. Like my mouth was open and I, so I had to get some water, but I blamed them. (laughs) <laughs> I blamed them. That movie is loud. I it is really loud. And I'm right next to where they watch the movies. And my husband just, he is one of those people like, I will turn a movie down. I will almost mute a movie. I don't need the volume to be up to enjoy it. And he is like, <laughs> round sound. we got to have surround sound. So I just, most of the time, close my door. I don't even know if my door was closed, but I still think it's their fault. <laughs> That's really funny. The speaker on the TV here points straight downstairs. So when we got the surround sound on, I get full surround sound in the bedroom. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I do. He 
he's been really good about it lately, but I'm like, yeah, that, that's not, that's not fun for me when I'm trying to sleep. And I understand you want to stay up and watch movies, but not my thing. We got to go out and I got to hold my grandbaby for hours yesterday. So that was fantabulous. She is getting so fun because she's really giving facial expressions now and she knows her grandma now and she makes the cutest little smiles for me and I can just make her smile over and over again and tickle her feet and God, I just want to eat her up. She's the cutest fucking thing. Oh, I bet. Like, this is like the, this is the age, like, what, uh, almost four months? Yeah, she's between three and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yes. that is really the funnest time. Oh. I was just looking at a baby today that was just, you know, kind of in the early walking stages and it had just like the onesie on and just mm-hmm. little bare legs. And I'm just like, oh, so bare legs. oh little bare legs and little feet. Oh. Nah, 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 nah. She's so, oh, that's what I do. I just eat her little feet. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but she's so freaking strong. She'll hold herself up. Like you just hold her little fingers. Like she wraps her little hands around your fingers real tight right now. And her little core is so strong. She'll stand straight up. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's wobbly, but she's so, she's so much fun. Yeah. The other day, Josie came into town and uh, she's like, Mary, I really need to do some shopping. I'm like, well, you can bring her by or I can come with you. She's like, would you come with me? I was like, okay, great. And then we got to the store and she, she's feeding her in the back seat. And she's like, and it's like Western Ranch Supply. She's like, do you mind if I just run in? I was like, no, you just go. Yeah, I don't have to go in with you. I, I don't, don't want to go into Western Ranch Supply. So we ended up doing that at there and Big R. And so I held her, you know, we got to play with her for a few hours in the, in the backseat of the car. But yeah, she's just so much fun right now because she's just, she can see things and you can tell when she's focusing on things and like when people are moving around her and she's just, she's just full of it. She's really fun. Last night, because I had her for so long and her mom was playing pool with her dad and um, she wouldn't look at her. She'd come up and she'd be like, try it and try it mm. all the way around. <laughs> they said she could see you all the time. <laughs> she wants to look at everybody else. <laughs> yeah. You're not interesting. She needs new faces, new faces, not the same old boring faces, mom and oh dad. My God. And the way that she reacts to colors is one of my favorite things because that's how you can tell she's really like seeing things because she sees a bright blue or a bright purple and she just she gets so excited like her little body <laughs> her kind little of body just shakes it's so cute like and her eyes get so she's got big saucer eyes anyway but her eyes get so big when she gets excited <laughs> she's probably making a lot of noises right now too isn't she just starting like she she blows bubbles and she does the blah, blah, blah thing, but she's just starting to figure out where she can, she can squeal a little bit and it's not a cry. <laughs> and yeah, so that- <laughs> she'll, she'll start pretty soon. It'll be like the cooing. She'll mm-hmm. get into that little cooing phase of like the, like when she realizes what her throat, like what she's, she's, mm-hmm. she's making a noise and then she wants to hear the noise that she can make. Yeah. Right now she's, she gets real excited because she doesn't know where it came from quite. Like she's still at that. Yeah. Like what was that? What was <laughs> exactly. That? Mm. Um, God. Yeah. And it's been super freaking cold. So it's almost like today. What it's a balmy. I see like 37 degrees. We're above freezing. 
It's a heat wave. It is Montana. a heat wave. I was going to say, because yesterday when I woke up, it was eight, eight degrees, or maybe it was the day before, maybe yesterday was 18, but it's, it's been below 30 for a couple of days. Holy moly. It's just bananas. Um. All right. Well, what have you had your eyes or ears on lately? Just... Well, the other day you talked about the plot thickens and I couldn't resist because that is another connection to my grandma. She used to watch reruns of I Love Lucy and some of the older movies. My grandmother really loved the the black and white older movies and, and stuff. So um, I I binged, I, bit, I finished it last night. I, I binged that nine part series. It was so fabulous. So many things I didn't know about that woman. And like, did, did you start it at all? No, I'm, I'm, let's just consider me a connector of things. <laughs> I don't actually have to listen to the podcast to be able to tell you that I've heard of it and you should listen to it and that I may or may not ever listen to it. We'll see. Okay. Well, it, if you, if you have a, a day to just, listen all day long it, it's it's absolutely worth devouring it is okay. really well done there's clips of her interviews throughout the years there's clips of um desi's audiobook read by an actor who has the same type of accent as him a cuban so, accent yes and and um i don't know there's so much i feel so much more educated about um just them in general, their lives, Hollywood, the whole works. I'm, I just, I'm really, really glad that you, you sent that my way. And I would recommend it to anyone who thinks that Lucy is even cool in any way. She is definitely one of the, or if not the best comedic, you know, actor that's maybe ever lived. She's I, um, and see, I, my connection to Lucy is that, and when I was, I don't even know what age, but at one point, my parents did buy the VHS, or we rented it and copied it because we were we were pirates like that. Of yours, mine, and ours, the movie that she did with Henry mm-hmm. Fonda, um, where they have eighteen kids between the two of them, and I will say that her in that movie, um, there's a scene where they go on a date together. I think it's their first date, and she loses an eyelash. And because she was wearing false eyelashes in this and it just, um, it's still like still resonates with me at how, how her physical comedy, like she really Mm -hmm. did have such a gift for physical comedy at a time that women really weren't considered like, unless it was body, unless it was like, you know, Mae West, like joking about how many men she'd been with, there really wasn't a place for women to be funny, especially physically funny. And, you know, we wouldn't have women like Carol Burnett, I don't think. Uh No, that was definitely Carol Burnett's idol. And Carol Burnett's also in the podcast. She, oh, yeah. So there's, there's lots of just beautiful people and just well-written. It's just so well done. It is absolutely well done. Okay. Well, I'll probably listen to it. After this glowing recommendation, I probably, if I'm going to recommend it to people, I probably should listen to it. It's worth it. I just, like I said, I devoured it. I loved it. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but there is 
like, oh, the end. It's just so beautiful. It's just really beautiful. Okay. So I laughed hard. I cried hard. Like it was all of the emotions. It covered every fit, every human emotion possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I learned so much. I did not do any learning on my recent podcast ventures. I really have, you know, I'm very much in my little bubble of, I haven't listened to anything Australian this week, but I did listen to last night. I did see that they, that how did this get made had a new episode about a Christmas movie. So I listened to that laughed a lot. I think I actually even told um, Rachel last night that if I had a chance to go on a date with Jason Manzukis, I would definitely put out. Like, <laughs> I I feel like it's your it's your uh, your hall pass, your free card. He is like, and I and I'm not even saying like, and that's what's so funny is it's not even about what he looks like because he looks like just a hairy, a hairy guy, like just super hairy. I know he's he's hairy, he's Greek, but um, and that's. <laughs> But I, I was just like, you know, he just appeals to the part of me that loves somebody that makes me laugh. Um, and he also, he's just, he's very funny and very kind. But um, I just was like, yeah, I think I would definitely be, if I went on a date with Jason Manzukis, I'd be, I'd, I'd put out. I'd put out. <laughs> with no shame. There's, there is something to be said for a man that can make you laugh like mm -hmm. that truly belly laugh hard like yes absolutely and when you find somebody who you feel like is your comedic like the the comedy version I, i'm not even saying that he and i have like the same jokes but i just feel like he is so the comedy version of me and um yeah i just i really it's so the it's called snowman's the movie itself sounds like it's a total stinker <laughs> Of course. But um, yeah, I just, I really, I love, oh, and then um, last weekend, since it's been a week, uh, we watched the movie that June, Diane Raphael, who's um, another host on How Did This Get Made? She was in it. It's on HBO Max. It's called 8-Bit Christmas. And I just want to definitely say, like, even if this is after Christmas, that this podcast comes out. Um, you know, put it on your must watch Christmas list for, well, if you like Christmas movies year round, watch it now. But if you like Christmas movies and want something that maybe you haven't seen this year, um, it's really good. It's kind of like a, it to what a Christmas story is to our parents and us like this movie feel, it feels very much like that to, to our generation, like because it's about the Nintendo, like the, the, the Nintendo system, but it's not just like, it's not just, you know, the, the, the ending was really sweet. It had, it had some great people in it, like some good comedy actors. And we just really enjoyed sitting around and watching a movie that wasn't home alone that had like a lot of Christmas vibes, but also was really nostalgic for like what Thad and I were wearing when we were like, seven and eight years old mm -hmm. <laughs> it was really sweet that's awesome yeah i'll have to check it out I've yeah heard. i would definitely say you know if you since you're since it's for your benefit you could definitely watch it and it would be like oh this is it's actually pretty cute and i definitely like there were some there were some feels and it was really it was nice it was a nice little little flick 
Oh, all right. Well, now that we've got all that out of the way, all of the podcast listening and stuff, I really do like that, that we kind of start every episode with with what we're listening to and reading and stuff because um yeah, it's 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 a nice theme to to kind of have new recommend even though I never have a new recommendation. I give my recommendations to Mary, she gives them to you. That's the way it works. <laughs> After they've been well vetted. Yeah, they've been vetted, exactly. Like, I don't want to listen to it myself. I do, actually, there is an episode of a podcast that I read about on one of my sobriety groups that's called Difficult Artist. And it's not like just a, a podcast of ragging about people who have been considered difficult. It's actually like an interview with different like this one is Trent Reznor. And I was like, Oh, I'd actually really, cause his really delves into sobriety and things like that. So I'm going to plan to put that on my listening list too, but I just add a lot. It's kind of like become almost like a YouTube wish list or, you know, watch list for me is to add things to my, to my list of podcasts, to listen to, and then never listen to them feels like such a waste. So <laughs> sometimes I have to be honest with myself. Like, do I really want to listen to this? Is it like a should, Oh, I should listen to this. And then I add it and then I never do. I literally only have on my whole recommendation list of new episodes, I have three episodes left um, because I just devour things, but totally watching or listening to Total Reboot this week because they're doing Lethal Weapon. Oh, okay. I'm saving that specifically for today because I'm going to do a little shopping later today and I'm like, this will be great ear hole shopping greatness. Um, I'm so glad that you love those boys. I really (laughs) love them. I cannot get enough of electing and <laughs> they're just it's so funny when you go see their faces to see what they look like comparatively to what they sound like like it's just it's it's very it's very interesting but i do love those boys and anytime that they have a new episode you can bet you can bet that they are on my won't miss list just like poog and i saw what you did and um and um, mission zach even though i haven't listened to a new one did you listen did you listen i saw this week i don't think i have this week um i usually do that's when i kind of tend to save up a few and then kind of purge all at once what was the one i did listen to let me see maybe that was their last one oh no i actually haven't listened to the last two because i haven't ever seen point break oh it doesn't matter but you've never seen point break I've never I've seen, seen Point Break. One and maybe just definitely won't now. So. Oh, well, I think that's the thing is, yeah, I definitely think. And I've never seen Magnolia. And that was like really big when I was, you know, that, that came- was a really big movie. And, you know, I've probably seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never sat down and watched the whole thing. But I don't think it matters with her pod- their podcast, but it, it, they are all on my watch list. But similar to you and podcasts, I have a movie list that's like 17 miles long that I'm never going to physically make it through because I will fall asleep 20 minutes in. Yeah. Every single movie that I ever sit down to watch. Well, that's the great thing that I love about listening to them is they're like, they take all of the need to, to watch a movie right out for me. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I, I like if they say it's really good and we should watch it, then I'm still like, mm, I probably won't. But I now I know what I need to know about it, especially movies that maybe I've heard of like Magnolia that I've never seen that I don't really feel compelled to watch, but I want to know what they think about it. I mean, that's the thing. Ultimately, I don't need to watch it to want to 
hear what they think about exactly. it. Exactly. But the trailers are also really good and you can find them all on YouTube. So like I went and watched the Magnolia's trailer just to go, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of remember. Tom Cruise. Like Tom Cruise yeah. as a well, motivational speaker. Yes. That's what I remember specifically. <laughs> yep. That's the only thing but I know. What I can't wait to talk to you about is their side talk because you know that they name their podcasts like, and so like a shadow government of ass and that's a fuck room like i can't wait to talk to you about those things okay, 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 okay. yeah and after yeah after the last one with gregory peck which even <laughs> my daughter i made her listen to that part about gregory peck and how she would destroy that dick and my daughter like shakes her head and i said and i told her about what i'd said about timothy chalamet and my daughter is like horrified about what a dirty lady i am but even now they, they had to watch to kill a mockingbird and, oh. and you know what she came home and said, mom, Gregory Peck. And I, <laughs> you know, that's the thing is like, they just don't really, God, Mary's joking. Um, Millie and Danielle just don't realize what a gift that they're giving everyone with their observations about things like Gregory Peck, because yeah. it really is, it's bringing generations Yes, generational. It's bringing mothers and daughters together in a way that they probably never could have foreseen. So you might need to tell her that. <laughs> I probably should leave that. Um, I, I, you know, if I had iTunes, I would leave a review, but I don't. So sorry, iTunes, I don't use you. Uh, oh. Okay, so now we can move on. What are we talking about today, Mary? Uh, well, we're talking about one of your channels specifically, and I, uh, this is the 1222, the channel of openness. Uh, yeah. And just to give some of the basics about this channel, the two gates that this connects are the, the gate 12, the, the, comes from the throat, which is the gate of caution. And then the gate 22, which comes from the solar plexus, which is the gate of openness. Um, it's part of the individual circuit group. It is, um, it, it's called, it says it's in the circuit of knowing. And like, because it's part of the solar plexus, it's very connected to emotion. So because this is yours and because I tend to talk so much, I really wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of share what you've learned and your personal experience before I jump in. Because um, when we first were going to talk about this, I knew it's just there's a lot to unpack here. And I just want you to have the opportunity to kind of do your own unpacking before I jump in and try to do any for you. Try to help me? Are you going to try to help me? Unpack? I know, exactly. <laughs> oh, you an advice and shit. Oh. <laughs> well, um, as you probably already know about this uh, particular channel, like it's all about waiting for the right time and mood to actually get things out um and i feel that i feel that really deeply um i think that since as long as i can remember i have i 
had conversations in my own head over and over and over again about how I'm feeling about situations. I mean, sometimes hundreds of conversations before I actually will open my mouth and speak about it. Um, and so that's something that's come through very naturally for, for most of my life. And still, if it's in the wrong time and I speak about it, like it goes unnoticed, unheard. Um, I don't know. I feel like this also is why I pick up other people's um, emotions and energies and try and speak on that. And I don't know if that's right or wrong as far as what I should be doing. Um, the, the part that really, one of the things that like as I was reading and doing research on this and I use the books. I also looked at a couple of websites um, and, and the, they said a few things over and over again that kind of came out at me. And so um, the secret shyness, did you read anything about that? Mm, I don't think I did read about the secret shyness or if I did, I didn't note on it. I had my notes didn't. Um, well, the shyness is rooted in the struggle for articulation. And so it's, it, it actually went on to say that it's not uncommon to have people with um, either hearing or speaking um, difficulties that have this channel. So I thought that that was interesting. Um, when I was young, I had a bit of a stutter and sometimes I just like, I couldn't make anything come out. And so I just, I really, that, that part of the struggle to really articulate what I'm, what I'm feeling or, or how, what I'm going through has been a real struggle my whole life. And, and I felt like I had gotten better at it now that I'm in my forties. It's not true. It's the same. Now, now you've really... <laughs> What you thought had actually been happening is, well, it, when you say that it's not true, I think what comes out to me is that we go through so much unawareness in our 20s and 30s because we're so busy, like you were busy raising kids, um, busy working in careers, all of those things. So it's like, it's easy for us to kind of <laughs> I hit my adding machine. <laughs> like, are you doing are you doing taxes right now? Um down uh, to not pay as much attention. So it seems like something isn't a problem because it's really just not something that you're giving any piece of awareness to. So it's not really that it, it was solved, it's just that it's not it wasn't something that was maybe presenting itself because you were busy doing other things and you were able to articulate still what you needed to articulate, but it wasn't maybe about you. And that's the thing is like, it's, I think that your communication where this probably presents the most is when it's your emotions, your feelings, but not when you're needing to advocate for like your children or someone else or like work at work, being able to articulate what you need to articulate about a topic work related is totally different than saying this is why I have a conflict in my field. You know, that, I think that that's the thing is like 
it's personal versus impersonal communication. And you focus so much on the impersonal communication for so long that now that things are much more personal, you're in a relationship, you have to, to, you know, speak about yourself to someone directly. And that's where it can start really like almost like rearing its head again. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I think that's why I feel the frustration behind it. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so just a couple of notes that I had made were that the, like one of the things I noted was when I am in the mood, which is a wave, which cares little about being social or friendly. These are, these are things that this isn't going to be like heap or pile on Mary Letitia today, but it is, you know, one of the hard things about this is like the awareness of some of the things that are both blessings and curses about some of our channels. Um, And I know that when Mary isn't in the mood to do something, her ability to pretend to be something that she is not at that moment is gone. Like it is <laughs> fucking gone. She doesn't, she cares very little about being social or friendly when the mood is not right for her. Um, the which I don't there's she's not arguing so I <laughs> no no there's nothing to argue with <laughs> very clear <laughs> it's a I noted most interested in creating a receptive environment of their potential to bring a transformative new awareness to the collective and the tribe so um you know creating an environment that brings about people's potential Really, in some ways, when when it's kind of applied to people who are very stunted in their potential, that they don't want to, um, that's why, you know, you seek out opportunities to, to help people who do really, like, especially even recently when you had an employee who you saw so much potential in them, and you created an environment that was receptive, but then when you don't feel like those efforts are being maybe... Um, as transformative as, as your intention is, is that that can be like, that can create a lot of frustration, especially for you as a generator. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Wait until they feel like interacting socially, forcing social situations in the low ebb of the wave. They can be misunderstood, become angry and abrupt and fail to empower others over time, these lead to antisocial behaviors and isolation. <laughs> so I have to tell you a little story on that because that's real funny and relevant. Um, <laughs> we, I tried to make plans with my kiddos on Friday night because they have the candy cane festival down in Bridger. Um, they had it on Friday night and my son was driving a team of horses with a wagon and, you know, taking people through the town. And, uh, I couldn't explain why, but I couldn't go. And I just couldn't go. I couldn't drive out there. My, my stomach's been upset for a few days and I just, I could not go. And it really, that, so what you just said 100% resonates with me because in my older age, I have absolutely been able to tell people, I can't, I can't tonight 
tomorrow night, I'll probably be in a better place. And I just checked in the next day. It was better. We had a great time last night. We got to have dinner and everything, but I couldn't have been around all those people the night before and not been a total bitch. And I really can't leave that bad taste resonating in my daughter-in-law's mouth when I know that I'm going to be like that. So I do feel like that is something that I have really started listening to my inner voice. When my inner voice says no, I need to listen to it. I well, should have listened to it a few weeks ago when I told you <laughs> that I shouldn't be doing something. I should have listened to it back in October when I said I shouldn't go on a vacation. Like that inner voice, like I, my lessons have been taught to me very clearly in the year 2021 that say, Mary Letitia, if your body says no, fucking listen to it. Yeah. Because, because it's going to turn out bad and it's going to turn out bad. Inevitably, even if you try and put on that little fake face and make it work like, no, if your body says no, absolutely fucking listen. So I just wanted to, to tell you that that's come full circle in the last three months um, to really just pound it in that, um, you know, if, if I emotionally need to be not somewhere, I need to listen to myself. And I think that the, yeah, that's, I think one of the big things when we originally were going to talk about this and then we kind of decided to hold off a little bit because there was like, you know, some, it's, these are the, the, these are the things about human design that it's not all like, oh, I'm so like, it's, it's messy and it's dirty and it really does drag up shit that we, wish that we would do differently. And I feel like that's the thing that we kind of, that I, it's like, we can only learn from those situations. Like we can't go back and change what we what decision we made, but you know, the human design, the whole point of it is, is to say, how did your body tell you before that happened? This is not the right step. This is not the right move. And then what did your mind tell you to make you change, you know, oh, well, I've already paid the money. I've already, you know, all of all the-, the rationalizing bullshit that our brains do with us, all of that. And so that's why when I couldn't decide, like I couldn't make a decisive decision the other night and like my body just told me to lay down on the couch. Like that's what I did. That's literally what I did. And then the next day everything was better and I felt fine and, and I could make those plans. And so, I mean, it's a matter of, I don't know what my, like my body just kept telling me that this is what I needed. And my mind kept trying to rationalize. I don't want her to be mad at me for making plans and breaking plans. I don't want my, like, I really want to see my son do this thing that he's never really done a lot before, but he's getting really good at, you know what I mean? There's all this rationalizing in my mind going on, but my body just said, no, you just can't. So I guess it's, it's going to take more lessons, obviously, because bigger choices have a lot more rationalizing in our brain that we try and do money and time and, you know, and, and other people's feelings, all of the things that go so, into it. So it, yeah. yeah, it's, and it's never like, it's never as easy as just saying, I mean, but, but that's the thing is like, 
we make all of these big stories in our heads about what, how people are going to feel about the decision that we're making, how we're going to make someone mad. We're going to be that FOMO. We still have that fear of missing out. We're missing Mm -hmm. the thing that we, Mm -hmm. and it's like, when we start really, I mean, that's the beautiful thing is like when we really start, and I love that you have this really real, real time examples. Like when we have, an example of, I listened to myself, I made this decision, I decided, I, you know, and with our emotional wave, we're really only ever getting to 80% certainty. Like, mm-hmm. emotional wave it's, is never exactly. 100% certainty. We're just making the most educated guess that we can based on the way that our body is is feeling and hoping that it's the right decision. And sometimes it is. But sometimes we still regret, like, that's the thing is like, I am not in any way, shape or form perfect at at following my experiment and listening to my body. I'm getting better every time I do trust my intuition and, and all of that. But there are still things that I'm like, you know, there's still going to be things that maybe we do or don't do that we will feel some regret. And I think that that's the thing is like, but regret should not drive us to, to, it shouldn't be the only factor that we use in our decision-making because, oh yeah, I just, I, I feel like there, there is so much that we could just talk. I mean, regret on, in mm-hmm. and of itself, the fear of regret is like a topic. Like it's a whole damn. Oh, absolutely. Without <laughs> a doubt. Um, and you know, part of me still twinges. I don't know when I'll get a chance to see him drive a team again. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like I knew that emotionally by the time that I got out there, I would be so stressed out and upset and frustrated. And then sitting in the cold and all these, all these other things that my body was just telling me, no. And then I made plans yesterday and it was emotionally right. It turned out perfect. It was, I mean, it couldn't have been better. Yeah. Um, so. And the stories that you told yourself, the stories that you told yourself about how people would react to you not going, were not necess- they're not necessarily true. And I think that's yeah. also good proof that just because we have built a narrative in our head around how someone is going to feel or react to what we're doing, um, that's not, tr- it's not the truth. And we, we don't give people enough credit for being, especially how we deliver it. It's especially how we deliver saying, you know, I'm sorry I made plans. Um, I really need to, I really need to stay home tonight. And I hope you under, like, that's, that's actually one of the things that when I was talking to Rachel last night, this is like completely veering off course, but she was like, how do you feel that they're handling the Samantha storyline in the, just like that reboot? And I said, you know, it's lazy. I feel like it's the lazy way to take care of it. And, you know, I think it does Samantha a disservice to make her seem like the shallow friend that would drop another friend because we have no idea how Carrie fucking said it. We all we hear is how Carrie thinks she delivered her news about firing Samantha, but we have no idea how that was actually delivered. Therefore, we're only going off of, so, I mean, you get what I mean? Like, I know that this is like a huge, we're telling ourselves though, but the story that we're telling ourselves versus what actually is happening is, you know, we, we, we're really only understanding one side of the story is all always. Yeah, no, I, I totally correlate that. that, that (laughs) And I will say, I'm not super thrilled with what I'm seeing so far on this reboot. I'm just going to, I just can't, I just can't quite yet. You you told me about the first one. I'm like, eh, okay. 
Yes. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. Anyways, this won't become a Sex in the City bashing. <laughs> we'll keep going. Um, one of the things about your channel is that you are able to read a person at a glance, which you've always said is like, you get energy off of someone very quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like that was very, very succinct. This one, I wasn't sure if I really felt like this applied to you, but I wrote down may seem arrogant, but naturally supports others. Um and I think that's just your assuredness and sometimes your rightness mm-hmm. that might come across as seeming arrogant. Um, are you ready to talk about the false self? I really like not this yet, one. not yet. Just one second. So I want I want to go back to the people reading thing because again, that's something that I feel like I've experimented with my whole life, and I ha- I do have to say that anytime my initial gut feeling was negative, and I allowed them to convince me of otherwise instead of show me somehow physically you know what I mean um it's been wrong so I just as an experiment again of something that I'm I'm reflecting back on I feel like the people reading thing I have had slammed in my face a few times too but luckily that was long before we even recognized human design so um I feel like at EBMS I was really able to for a while there really allow myself to give initial reactions on every employee that came into that building. And I was right a good 99% of the time. So that really reinforced my um, actual energy reading that I, that I get off of that. So what you're saying is like that you were, are you saying that you gave people a chance to surprise you and that yet that your initial impression still held true? Yep. Absolutely. Over and over again at EBMS. I mean, just because I, I was one of those first people that inter- interacted with all, all of those new trainees and I could let their super, their supervisors used to come to me after at the end of day one, every single time and say, what do you think? And I'd give them my real opinion. And then we'd give them the six, eight weeks chance, whatever it was, the training. And my opinion almost always rang true at the, at the end of that period. So um, it's been harder in this, this field because I'm so desperate for employees. Sometimes they just have to hire no matter what my gut intuition is. Yeah. But, but I have to say, even when I don't voice it, my gut intuition is right. Yeah. Maybe 9% of the time. So. Yeah, that does make sense. That totally makes sense. Um, so I just had to highlight something that's good about this channel and that I've like recognized. Yeah. No, I <laughs> Before think that we dive into the next. Well, I think that the not self, the the false self piece about this is really, I think for you, it's, I think it's again, like what you just said about the awareness of when you do things for the reasons that, that are rational versus the reasons, you know, that you're not listening to your body, you're not listening to your gut. You're not, you know, when you, when you tend to over rationalize those things that, the, that leads you to, in, in a lot of cases, um, bitterness and, and in some cases, just flat outright anger. Yep. So this said that the false self, that bad mood, you know, without checking and becoming aware of that need to really listen to your emotional state, to make decisions for yourself that, that serve your, your emotional state instead of serving anyone else that bad mood becomes permanent state. Um, 
the boundaries of reason cease to exist once sucked into the bad mood state. And um, you can become rooted in frustration, dissatisfaction with self and own life, unappreciated, um, disliked, and these are all in quotes, unappreciated, like they think these are the things that you start to feel about yourself, unappreciated, disliked, unrecognized, as well as the feeling that they are out of, that things are out of their control. Um, and I just, I see that as like, when those are the things that you're noticing, you're feeling unappreciated, disliked, unorganized, you know, those are those, those are like, like the red flags, when they talk about red flags, like those are flags on the field to be like, why are you in this game? Fucking <laughs> sit on the bench until you can get your, you know, like the same way a coach would tell a player, like get the fuck on the bench until you can get your head right. Yep. And what do you, and like, and I will say like, this was oh, last weekend. I was, we talked about this. I was premenstrual. I didn't realize I was that premenstrual. And one of the things that it's the most frustrating thing is to recognize that we are in charge of our own attitude and that no matter what other people are doing or how we feel we're being treated by others, the only thing we can control is how we, how we, our attitude about it. Oh, I fucking hate that. I hate that. (laughs) Don't we all hate that? We all hate that. Stupid. And I don't like it. Um, But it is one of those things that like, we can only be accountable. Like this whole idea that people can make us happy. No, people can. And, and but in the same line, people, the idea that people can make us unhappy. I also would say, no, people can do things that can affect our emotions, but whether or not we choose to really sit in that and stay there is really on us. God, I hate this. This is like, we you know when I say things and it's like, I, I might be saying them to you, but they're absolutely like three fingers pointing back at me. Yeah, but it it is, it's, it is really interesting to look at it, like from those perspectives of saying human design is now laying out these really beautiful markers to say, when you feel this way, it's okay. It's not wrong. And when you said something about, I don't know if it's right or wrong, there really is no right or wrong, but it's like, if you don't like to feel that way, the only person that, that can take you out of it. And you've done that. Like you've taken yourself out of situations so that you can put yourself on the bench, coach yourself about what you need to do and how you need to approach it and how you want to feel about it before you start getting back into the game again. And that's all you can really do. Some people are just like, well, I, I don't have any choice. It's like, no, you absolutely do have a choice. I think that's one of the things that came about in 20. 19 a conversation that we had had that was like it's not that you don't have choices it's that you don't like the choices that you have you have and that's such a that it's so so resonates absolutely and you know speaking of the attitude situation and how we have control over it i i think i told you this story but last weekend i had tried to make plans with my grandbaby for a couple days in a row and shit didn't go right with work and blah, blah, blah. And so I was running behind and I had texted them and they told me they were on their way to his dad's house to have dinner. 
And I was devastated, Mary. I lost it. Like I just cried and cried. Michaela and I were at the house and we were doing some baking and stuff together. And I, I just, I just lost my shit for a few minutes. I mean, I cried so hard. I made her cry. Oh, and um, I felt really bad. I'm like, no, I'm probably just, you know, I'm super emotional. I'm going through the change of life. Like my, my body is turning on me in all sorts of ways. So like, don't let my feelings affect you. But what I was able to do in that moment was not react to them in any way, shape or form, because I felt so disrespected and so un acknowledged so upset that they would choose him over me and I had to stop and be like no they're not choosing him over you you just need to sit your ass on the bench regroup and figure out like what did he do that you did differently like what did he do that you didn't do he invited them over for a formal dinner he made a plan and he stuck through with it so the next day, that's what I did. I invited them over for a formal dinner, cookie decorating, because I know she loves Christmas so much that I knew I could get her there with that. And everything was perfect. They never had to know that I was upset, that I felt any of those emotions, because that was not their intention. Their intention was not to make me feel any mm -hmm. sort of way. And so I just thought that was a good example to, to just say, okay, regroup, like, this is how you feel right now. You don't want to feel this way anymore. So how do you stop yourself from feeling this way? And part of that is to make formal plans with them mm -hmm. and to follow through with those formal plans when I can. Now this weekend it kind of turned, but then I made another formal plan the next day and I followed through with it and, and I got the outcome that I wanted. So yeah. I just thought that that was really interesting to go, okay, Yes, you have to check your attitude sometimes because I'm a fucking instant reactor. And I, I so wanted to be like, fuck I, you, son. Like, just texting like a mad mom. Like, I can't believe that you would do this to me. Like, you know what I mean? There's all these things that I felt and that I really like, oh, I wanted to just, and I looked at my phone and I, I, I started a couple times and I just set my phone down. I went outside, took a little walk, came back in. You know what I mean? And just gave myself some time to be sad and to be upset and to regroup myself and then decide how I can, how I can fix it. So I don't feel this way. You know, what's beautiful about that is that like, I was also looking at your gene keys this morning, which is kind of something I've been dabbling in is just like, it really focuses more on the I Ching aspect and, and also kind of gives a different, like, just kind of more clarity about like human design is very much like, here's just like, I'm throwing all this information at you and you can piece together what you need to know from it. But I like the gene keys is really like focusing on the planetary placement as giving kind of some hierarchy to the things you should be aware of and the and decisions and your gene key 22, which is the solar plexus gate of openness is your specifically your radiance, which is what keeps you healthy. And according to the gene keys, one of the things that says is that it is your health and general well-being are entirely connected to your ability to, to maintain emotional balance. But the thing that is your aura is healthy and balanced when your mind is calm. Mm -hmm. So the way that, you know, it, human design isn't about avoiding 
ever feeling bad things. Yeah. That's not the purpose. Like people are going to always, we're, we're living in a world where people are always going to be putting something for us to respond to. But the calmness in which you approach that response is absolutely the difference between reacting and then seeing the negative reactions to that. So it says, even though your emotions can swell and swoop, your mind must maintain a detachment from your feelings as though you were watching yourself from a distance. In this way, you can reap the multitude of gifts that come from your emotional life, as well as avoiding the numerous pitfalls. So like that calm, like I'm not going to respond. I'm going to give myself time to walk, to really think about this, to really think about that's the thing is like, no one is ever really like, no one is ever really intending. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people that, that do intend and I don't want to say no one is ever intending, but we are constantly living in our own interior world where people are doing things with some kind of intention directly towards us. When many times we are such a tiny piece of their decision-making process that there are 700 other things that went into it. Um, but we're the center of our own little universe. So therefore it seems like we are the sun and that all of the, you know, everything's orbiting around us when we are very much like sometimes, even though you're the mom, you're probably maybe more like a Saturn or a Jupiter. You're like not even quite as close as sometimes even friends are when it mm -hmm. comes to the decision-making process. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think the other thing is, a reminder to allow yourself to feel the feelings, mm -hmm. even though they're irrational and they're not necessarily true, like that, that all these things, but to feel it, to actually just let your body go through the emotions of feeling really sad and feeling really bad. It makes the good times so much better though, like to be able to feel it, and like ride that emotion for a few minutes and then take your mind off and clarify and, you know, be a little bit more rational about this. And like asking yourself, is this true? Mm -hmm. Is this true? Like my feelings are my feelings, but the, 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 the things that made me feel that way aren't necessarily true. Like we yeah. can, we can, and oh, I listened to a hidden brain recently that was really interesting about two things being true at once. And it was like, kind of like a cautionary tale about AA because this woman, um, she talked about like her drinking life. And then she talked about when she got sober, she met someone at an AA that um, then ended up kind of stealing her identity. It was oh. very interesting. But one of the things that was interesting about this particular episode is that she said, this woman saved my life in some regards. And she also has, has created a lot of damage in my life. Two, those two things can be true at once. At the same time, yeah. and, and, and it was just, and I thought that was really, and then when you listen to the snowman's episode of how did this get made, they talk at the very end, there's a very, very like deep debate about, can you be happy for some, like if you had a lover who was moving on with someone else, could you be happy for them? And, and it was just a very interesting thing. And I was like, you know, that two things can be true at once. You can be sad for yourself and you can be happy for someone else. Like, 
and one of them had a very difficult time grasping that that was the case. But I really liked that both the the men on how did this get made were like, no, would I be sad for myself? Absolutely. But do I love that person and want them to be happy? Also, absolutely. Like those two things can be true at once. So we can we can hold space for our feelings can be hurt and we can be um, we can hold space for our own feelings, but that the per person that hurt them could also have not had any awareness at all about what our, what our feelings are and that their decision making does not need to be made to essentially avoid hurting our feelings, essentially. Yeah. That was a lot. You helped me unpack a lot. Yeah. I think I, think I helped you unpack some too. Yeah. I just, I, I like, I like, I really do like learning more about your channels because these are things like, like I said, I, if somebody comes to me with this same channel, I will recognize a lot of them in being able to say like, you know, you have to hold space for a lot of the shit that maybe sometimes this is a, a big part of why I think in the recovery space, a lot of people with this kind of openness are like a, like a big nerve ending and that if they keep reacting to things by choosing like violence, you know, especially like reaching out to others. And I, I don't know my mom's circuitry. I don't know anything about my parents specifics because I don't have any of their birth date information. Um, but I, I feel like that's, this is a thing that a lot of people will try to disconnect themselves from because of how uncomfortable it is and how it, it doesn't fit in with modern life to give yourself the time and the space to really sit with emotions mm -hmm. until you, you reach that clarity. It feels like something that people could do back in olden times when they had to write letters to tell someone how angry <laughs> they were, but text messages make it so instantaneous and so possible to create a worse situation with the fast reaction than just stewing. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, do you have anything else and next week um, or the next thing that we're going to be working on? I'm going to get in. I want to look real fast because I have that document and it's all laid out. So we did the openness. And so the next one I had up was going to be uh, ch my channel of synthesis, which was the 1949. All right. And I'll text you that right now. So that way we have a game of synthesis. Yeah. This one I think is, I think that this one, if I'm not mistaken, might be to the root. I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. I mean, we're, we're going to get it all sorted out anyways, but, um, I'm just looking right now. Yep, yeah, it is. Aha! It's the root to the solar plexus. So it's going to be another one where we're all up in our feels. All up in our feelings. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I love you. I'm so glad that we had a chance to visit today. I feel like this one's going to be a long one. So we'll maybe have to put that in the pod notes so that people <laughs> buckle up, Buttercup. This is going to be an hour long episode. All right.
right. Well, thank you, Mary. Have a You're great welcome. Day. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye.